Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. In Michigan, hundreds of protesters are apparently coming down on the state house, like into the state house. Nice. Yeah, and or the state capitol. Maybe it's called the, I don't know what they call it there, but it's the, the mm-hmm. offices where these bureaucrats and politicians spend their time destroying people's lives. The belly of the beast. Yeah, the capitol building, I guess, is what it's called in Lansing. And this mm-hmm. is happening basically as we speak, or it was happening as we speak. I don't know if they're continuing to occupy the building after it has closed for the day, but I imagine it, you know, it's 7 o'clock mm-hmm. Eastern Time, Michigan being in the Eastern Time Zone, presumably the uh, state capitol would close at around 5 or, or something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, now, was it even open today? That's a good question, because, well, somehow they got in there, so I'm presuming mm-hmm. it was open, because it looks like they had... Uh, there were like state bureaucrats and politicians inside this place. There's a story over at NBC News that has photos taken, uh, shared on social media, one of them by a Senator Dana Polhanke, and it appears that she is in the state house looking upwards at a gallery maybe area or some sort mm-hmm. of area where men with guns, uh, men with rifles. The, the quote from her, her Twitter at at Sen Polhanke Directly above me, men with rifles yelling at us. Some of my colleagues who own bulletproof vests are wearing them. Michigan United for Liberty organized this protest that happens is again happening now, uh, dubbed the American Patriot Rally to call for the reopening of businesses. State lawmakers mm. are expected to vote on the 28-day extension of the state of emergency before it expires at midnight. So maybe, but before the end of this show, we'll get an update and see uh, how they voted on this. Whitmer, a Democrat who's faced fierce backlash for her strict stay-at-home mandate, extended the order earlier this month until May 15th, but she eased some of the restrictions on public activities as the state's coronavirus cases stabilize. Michigan, however, still has more than 40,000 cases, and they say it's one of the hardest-hit states. The emergency declaration allows Whitmer to use her emergency powers to use executive orders during a crisis, its extension is separate from the extension of the stay-at-home order. So just to be clear, she's extended the emergency powers until May 15th, but the stay-at-home order was slated to expire today, mm-hmm. and that's what they are voting on possibly extending, wow. as I understand it. So 40,000 cases. Um, yeah, that's what they say. So 1% of that would be 400 uh, so that would be like 200 dead, probably, um, if it's ha- – if, if you know, maybe uh, – I mean, it's, it's, it's bad, but that's not the end of the world. Nope. The police had to, like, block access to certain parts of the, the Capitol building. They got upset when we went through their building and we were just open carrying weed. <laughs> yeah, you're talking about years ago with the uh, the 420s where oh, we, yeah. we sang uh, the Shire Choir carols inside yep. the uh, the State House, which was a lot of fun. Drug war cops are raiding their school. school. Great songs. <laughs> so there's another update here. This one from Breitbart, as posted in our Discord server. Thanks to High Guy for posting this in there. Uh, The Michigan House of Representatives has declined to extend Governor Gretchen Whitmer's state of emergency another 28 days and instead voted today to sue her 
Whitmer's initial state of emergency order, which is separate from the stay-at-home order, expires today. Okay, so maybe I had it backwards when we talked about it in the first segment. So apparently this emergency order expires today and requires legislative action to be lengthened. Negotiations on that front fell apart on Wednesday when Whitmer refused to make any concessions on the matter, asserting she has the ultimate control over emergencies. So the House voted to authorize their speaker, Lee Chatfield, to sue the governor, saying that Whitmer's unchecked and undemocratic approach is not the best way. Quote, the current status quo relies on one-size-fits-all edicts that unfairly punish millions of people across the state without giving them any resource or rather recourse or voice. If you're in the direct chain of command somewhere between the chief executive and the jackboot on the street who's actually doing the violence, then, you know, you should be indicted. You should be drummed out of office. The the Republicans and Democrats have cooperated to pretty much get a lock on power to the point where they both put up monsters and one of the monsters wins yeah and, and that's, that's the, democracy has been dead for decades here yeah and that's the sad part about this is you know all this political wrangling is just simply designed to get mm-hmm. people to believe that the, the system still works mm-hmm. see our guys are in there well, and they're bringing a lawsuit and they're gonna go get that governor politicians are good for one thing, if you watch what they're doing, you can tell which way the wind is blowing. Mm-hmm. And and so the fact that they do this um, says to me that a lot of people are starting to wake up because if it wasn't politically expedient, they wouldn't, they do wouldn't be doing it. True. And of course, you know, if you can get 400 out in the street... You've got 4 million angry. Maybe I wrote it down wrong when you were... Uh, describing it a moment ago, you were saying people are taking pictures, and it sounds like you've done this, taking pictures of receipts, sending them into this app, and then somehow getting gift cards uh, for the for photos of receipts. You said the how apps- many receipts does it take to make fifty bucks on a uh, on a on a gift card? I've entered in five receipts and got over fifteen hundred points. So it, it does take a while. And how many points uh, does it take to get a gift card? 52,000 points. Okay, and, and the uh, the five receipts that you put in, what was the total dollar value on those receipts? Um, prob- Probably close to $100. Okay. 100 or so. So, but, you know, and the app was called, kind of a, you said it was called S-E-T-H? S-E is in Eric, mm-hmm. S is in Sam, S-E-T-H? Well, unless they're doing something, uh, something that's nefarious with those credit cards, there's no reason for it to be that valuable to them. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Um, What's the app called again, Jimmy? I didn't get get that from you real clear. Fetch, so, like you play fetch with a dog. Oh, you know, fetch. F- okay, I wrote down S's in Sam, so F-E-T-C-H. So what is your speculation yeah. as to how the revenue model is working here with here? Because there's no well, way that if you, if you send me a photograph of a receipt, I don't know if that's your receipt. I feel I've got a, uh, a spiritual duty to keep doing what I do. And, sure. you know, I'm... 
I'm glad that I'm not in a state that's that's really enforcing a shutdown because I would probably be in jail instead. Yeah, that's a great point because uh, there have been people who've been arrested. For instance, in Texas, uh, I think it was Laredo, Texas, two women were busted in undercover sting operations. My God, you heard about this how, for doing that's manicures? Like the king is stupid for doing manicures and doing like eyelashes for somebody. The cops wow. responded to their uh, their advertisements on Facebook or whatever other social media it was, set mm-hmm. up an appointment, and then came in and arrested these women when they offered to do the thing that was, you know, they were told they're not allowed to do, which is give people mm-hmm. manicures. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, as a former drug dealer, you know, I'm used to operating in in the black market and and there is some danger to it you know if you're operating in the in the uh in the black market best thing to do is start like a telegram group Mm. for your uh for like your town okay so that you can get the news the word out to people but how do you avoid snitches being in the telegram group um that's going to happen well basically you would have to vet people it's like it's like selling uh well you can yes it slows your growth yeah but you don't have to grow explosively you know one thing that would really help with that would be uh some sort of mutual aid system for people who uh for agorists um where basically an agorist is somebody who operates without government permission basically does business uh yeah yeah somebody who does any business it doesn't have to be a a basically illegal business Mm -hmm. you know if you're in if you're letting couples have a nice night out during your uh local quarantine by by selling them a nice meal in your living room Mm -hmm. that's agorism yep it is it has been agorism it's not just agorism now but that has always been in most cities and towns illegal uh, so let me tell you what this lady had to say, because she's inspiring. Uh, she is daring the city of Dallas. This is CBS Dallas Fort Worth reporting and county authorities to arrest her after she opened her North Dallas salon last week, despite city county shelter in place orders. Uh, Luther told CBS 11 News defiantly, quote, follow the science. The science is Texas needs to get back to work. Unquote. She says she was served another court order this week on top of the $1,000 citation she received last week for refusing to close. But Luther refused to abide by the order, saying that it saying later that nothing short of arrest will shut her salon down. Walking out to cheers from a crowd of supporters on Wednesday of the Open Texas movement, Luther was realistic about her situation. She told the reporters, quote, Apparently there's a very good chance that I'm getting arrested today, and I will do everything I can to keep the shop open, because I'm not closing the store. If they arrest me, I have someone that will keep the store open, because it's our right to keep the store open. It's our right for those women to earn income for their families, she said. Every business is an essential business because somebody's depending on it to put food on the table. Absolutely. Hey, Daily Digest listeners, this is Riley Blake. I enjoy Free Talk Live, and I know you do too, but finding time to listen to an entire episode isn't always easy. So, I produce the Daily Digest. I appreciate those of you who have supported me on Patreon and sent Bitcoin to me to thank me for producing these digests. For those who wish to support me on Patreon, visit patreon.com slash crblake86. If you wish to send Bitcoin, visit patreon.com slash crblake86 for those details. That's patreon.com slash crblake86. Thank you. There's a situation that's been brewing here, and so we had a lot of good news in the first hour 
And now there's, we're going to get to the regular crappy news surrounding this uh, coronavirus crackdown nonsense that's going on. There was a story a couple of days ago that Donald Trump was planning to order meat processing plants to remain open. Now, this was published in, yeah, it was two days By ago. By what right? Well, it's not a, well, well, I'm sure they would call it a right, but it's the Defense Production Act. You familiar with this? Not not in detail. As I understand it, this is like one of those wartime acts mm-hmm. where, you know, the government can say, you must do this in service of the United States government for the good mm-hmm. of all humanity because we say so. See, you shouldn't give your government powers during wartime that they don't have when it's not wartime because it's very easy for them to just make sure it's always wartime. You can call mm-hmm. anything a war. Yep, Uh, and actually, according to the story here, the Defense Production Act of 1950 was enacted in a response to the start of the Korean War. It was (laughs) part of a broad civil defense and war mobilization effort. Uh, The act has three major sections. The first authorizes the president to require businesses to accept and prioritize contracts for materials deemed necessary for national defense. So you have to accept contracts Mm -hmm. from the federal government, according to this. Yeah, see, that's the thing is the federal government is putting things to their least important uses. They're wasting most of it fighting wars mm-hmm. and building armies. You know, we need our wealth to pay for food and housing and clothing and real education, not what you get in the schools. Well, right. And you would need your business in order to create wealth for yourself as the nation confronts growing food supply disruptions from the coronavirus outbreak said a person familiar with the matter. Trump plans to use the Defense Production Act, which we just described, to order the companies to stay open as critical infrastructure, and the government will provide additional protective gear for employees as well as guidance, according to the person who was saying this. Now, again, this is... I don't know if the order has actually been issued, so this is one of those speculative news articles that's saying this is going to happen. Uh, The order sets the stage for a showdown between America's meat giants which have been pressing to reopen plants and some local officials and labor unions who've called called for closures to prevent the virus from spreading. Yeah, and it's interesting to hear the government is doing the wrong thing for, um, I mean, it's the same justification, but um, they're, they're on the totally opposite side where these people don't want to work and the government wants to force them to. Well, and can they force the individuals to work? Now, it's one thing mm-hmm. for them to tell. Uh, I mean, they can do whatever they want, right? But, I mean, has it ever come to the point where government, you know, president has ordered some business to operate or to do business with the federal government and the workers say, we don't want to? Mm-hmm. Are they then going to come in and arrest all of the staff members and charge them with felonies? Or is it only the business owner who is liable to obey the government's edicts in this case? Um yeah, it's, it's a it's a good question because you know traditionally you can't you can't jail a guy for not wanting to go to work. Well, maybe they can. The question is, mm-hmm. is that going to actually occur? What will yeah. happen in these? Uh, I mean, they can do any anything. They've right. got the guns and the jackboots. I've been listening to you guys this evening and even the past couple of evenings uh, speaking about. Uh, COVID-19 coronavirus. Honestly, uh, one thing I'd like to comment on briefly, you're talking about the fact that the United States government is trying to make meat manufacturers uh, stay in business for them. And not only Mm -hmm. that, uh, I believe you probably heard about the fact. 
directly God. contrary to the 13th Amendment. Yeah, and I, I bet you also heard about uh, how the president ordered GM to start um, making ventilators. Uh, even though they that, probably yeah. didn't want to do that. Um, honestly, as a big fan of labor strikes and the like of that, I honestly, if I were GM or any of these meat producers, you know, like Freshmark or Sugardale, I would just say no. I would just say we're not going to do a darn thing for you at all. And make um, them bring them up on uh, criminal charges and throw felonies at them and you know see if they'll actually call – essentially try to call their bluff, hopefully. Is that your plan? Well, the thing yeah. is if there are thousands of people doing a thing, they don't have the lawyer time to charge them all. Well, but That's I, where the system breaks down. But that's also why they target the, the people on top. Just like when the 420s were happening here that you were involved in, mm-hmm. I was involved in, they targeted you because – they perceived you to be the person who was in charge and Emperor Evan, who was also perceived to be a, a leader of that particular event. They thought that if they went after the two people they considered to be in charge, mm. that it would stop things. CNN spoke to several employees in Tyson meatpacking plants who do not want to be named for fear of losing their jobs. On Tuesday, Trump signed the order. OK, so he did sign it. Uh, that's uh, mm. that would have been two days ago. And then according to this. Well, Some... I would have to quit, and my uh, and uh, my my response would be to quote uh, Frederick Douglass, who wrote to his former so-called master and said, "When I left you, I took only what belonged to me, mm-hmm. and in no way reduced your means to make an honest living." <laughs> <laughs> well, what other comments well, do you want to share? Watch it burn. Go ahead. When it when it when it comes to the state's role in the coronavirus, right? I'm sure, like I live in one of the. Uh, if you've been paying attention to this, you probably understand. I live in one of the states that took uh, some of the hardest crackdowns early on on COVID nineteen. Governor Mike DeWine has been absolutely ludicrous in his, you know, overstepping his bounds. Now, that's not to say I don't think it's a smart idea to. Uh, that, that's not saying I think it's a dumb idea to socially distance or to, you know, wear a mask in public to stop spreading the virus. I think it's a very good idea. You stop other people from getting sick. But the fact of the matter is the governor is greatly overstepping his bounds. About 16 years ago, I started down a path that I didn't know I'd ever take in my life. And that is uh, my wife graduated medical school. And rather than her take a job somewhere, we decided to open a clinic. So Mm -hmm. for 16 years, I've been running a clinic and I've learned something about the Food and Drug Administration that I want to tell people. Tell me about it. And that is the Food and Drug Administration is dealing with the drug companies to effectively make cheap and effective drugs illegal in this country. Now, what Mm -hmm. they're doing currently with COVID-19, this hydroxychloroquine, is very, very effective at treating COVID-19. We have now 10 patients. My wife has prescribed hydroxychloroquine on all of them. Mm. They're all doing excellent. You you mean 10 Um, patients with COVID specifically, is what you're saying? Yes. It's like they're suffering some sort of a Manchusen by proxy on massive scale. They're just, they're deliberately making us sick so the government can make money off it. But the thing is, uh, there's something called off-label prescribing. So doctors are able to prescribe a drug for you, even Mm. though it may be uh, um, shown to be 
prescribed for some other use. If the FDA is saying, hey, doctors, don't prescribe this thing that appears mm-hmm. to be working to help people. There's nothing else that you could prescribe. This is the thing you could prescribe, but we don't want you to do mm-hmm. that. Doesn't that suggest that they want more people to die to make this look like even a worse situation than it you know, supposedly is? Yeah, that could be. But let me They're let me advise in the people. blood. Let me advise people what they do if they go to their doctor and the doctor says, well, I can give you this drug. It's off label. It's not for this. But but we have found that it's been working well for some patients. If your doctor says that and then they have to also because the FDA now is cautioning about arrhythmia, they will have to caution you about arrhythmia. Mm-hmm. If your mm-hmm. doctor cautions you about arrhythmia for a drug that they say is effective, look at the statistics before you turn turn that drug down because it's really going to be a very small amount of people that are going to get arrhythmia and the benefits outweigh the risk and that's what hmm. people need to look at thanks for your expertise the medical Gene. establishment is does not have our best interests at at heart right which is you why know? they shouldn't be trusted there are people in it who do but when you think about it Imagine how cold you would have to be to put these rules above people's lives. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 really time for medical people to break away from from the establishment. But that's what and- makes them money. No, oh, like so many other people out here stuck in the machine, I have aspirations. You know, I have agorist in my tag here in my handle, mm-hmm. but. I am a corporate pawn, you know, right now, just keeping my head down and going to my Uncle Sam job, you know, but at least I have Mm. plans of moving, you know, at least I know what the Free State Project is, and I have my plan to move to New Hampshire, and I've been uh, a vendor at Agorist Alley once, but I just wanted to, I just wanted to chime in from a a yogic perspective, who would just Mm. caution against, uh, so... And and no means am I strict in this or or any perfect preacher of of any or any sense. All I just wanted to say was, um, from a Eastern philosophy, they would they would caution against eating meat and voting in general because these things are just wastes of time and not to, uh, considered to be in the mode of goodness. Hmm. Well, I don't know. I mean, if more than half of the people were coming out. And Jesus. voting for uh, for Ron Paul, that would send a very powerful message. I met Ron Paul in 2008 when he had his gathering in D.C. Yeah. I have, a, have his uh, signed flag in my room here. Porkfest feels a little more minarchist and Porkfest feels a little more anarchist. The Porcupine Freedom Festival is That's more, fair. it's centrally planned. I mean, they, uh, they have this thing, you mentioned it, it's Agra Alley, which came about right. on its own it, volition it kind of was created naturally and uh, are you taking a toke there uh, just curious i hear noises is that you sorry i can see nobody vaping on the discord yeah well yours the, is uh, way switches. louder yours is way louder <laughs> than his so, uh, yeah you're sorry, ripping it yeah anyway uh what happened at the porcupine freedom festival unfortunately was this thing called agra valley or alley or whatever it was called um, came about naturally because that's where people were setting up shop because it was kind of like the path where everybody was walking down to get to the pavilion where all the, the the events were happening. And so it became this sort of desirable real estate and people would, you know, the, they'd sign up for that real estate a year in advance. As soon as the mm. Porcupine Freedom Festival was over, they would lock in their campsite for next year. 
because it was really good real estate. And eventually the Free State right. Project organizers got the idea of, well, we should monetize this. And so they went ahead and they bought up all of that real estate and then resold uh-huh. it to the people that wanted to vend there. And then they came with a bunch of rules and that came with higher prices year after year. Wow. The rules increased. The uh, the benefits decreased. So it, like it used to be that you'd get wow. like four passes to the event. Then they cut that down to two passes. Then I think they cut it again or something like that. I've got a story here, nobody, that the just the headline alone is just just screams pathetic. It's written by three authors. So they, it took three different reporters to put this story together. Sometimes it takes a lot of blind mice. Yeah. Uh, Carla Johnson, Adam Geller, and Eric Olson at the Associated Press. Headline. Easing lockdowns makes day-to-day choices more complicated. Duh. (laughs) Yeah, you have choices. Right. Now you've got more choices when the lockdowns ease, and Mm -hmm. they're complaining about that. Uh, Yeah, well, I'll tell you what. If you don't want to make choices, pick some – just pick somebody and follow whatever they do. You know, sure. There are people it doesn't who tell have you what to, to do. be me. Probably not. I'm not. I should not be your role model. Right. Okay. So don't worry about what I'm doing. Just find somebody to tell you to tell you what to do. There are people out there that would love to tell you what to do. Yeah. I mean, many of if them you're are pretty, already. I might tell you what to do. Yeah. But... Many of them are already in politics. Um. So here's the story. Things were so much clearer. This is purportedly news from the AP, right? Uh, it, it reads like an opinion piece, though. Now with states, or excuse me, things were so All much, the news reads like opinion yeah. pieces today. Things were so much clearer when just about everything was locked down. Let's call the common cold a pandemic. You know, it's one that's it eminently- It is very widespread. Right. It's eminently survivable. Um, mm. So nobody calls it a pandemic because it's not as scary. Right. Like to, no one's afraid of the common cold for the most part. It's very unlikely that you're going to perish from the common cold. But it sure as hell is widespread every single year. So yeah. it meets the definition of pandemic. And arguably, if this thing is as widespread as some are saying, some are saying the numbers are much larger of the people that actually have this compared to what the government uh, has tested, in which case it may meet the definition of pandemic. But it's not a deadly one. It's. It's the most infectious case of Manchowson by proxy that that has ever been conceived by the by the by the minds of men. And Manchowson by proxy, Manchowson syndrome is where you harm yourself mm-hmm. in order to get attention because you're sick oh, or okay. you're hurt. Okay, Manchowson by proxy is when you harm someone else to get attention. And that <laughs> seems to be what the government is going on. It's make everybody sick in their freaking head. And yeah. it's then profiting from that disease because that focuses all attention on the government because suddenly they're the only game in town. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.